Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and children of all ages. Hi, I'm John Sitton. Hello, I'm Rob Perez. Christian Carambeu. Welcome to your Football and Fix Pitch Talk. Pitch Talk. Pitch Talk. We've got football videos on YouTube, blogs, debates and discussion on Facebook and Twitter. Plus we do a podcast and so much more. It's we the people for the people. For our videos, including our interviews and special features, check out youtube.com forward slash pitch talk. Our podcast can be found on iTunes, Podomatic, TuneIn Radio and Spreaker with older podcasts on mixcloud.com forward slash pitch talk. Join the football revolution because the pitch is where we eat, the pitch is where we sleep and the pitch is where we talk. Join us on social media by searching for pitch talk. Uh, peeps, straight shooting LJ here, and welcome to another episode of the Straight Shooting View. Now, you know what? My last straight shooting view, not that long ago, actually, about a day ago. It's well, um, but yeah, it was about the World Cup. And you know what? I wanted to go into a bit more detail about a couple of things because underachievers, overachievers at the Russia 2018 World Cup. Now, I would look at Argentina first and foremost as underachievers, similar to the Netherlands, great talent in their side. You look at Angel Di Maria, you look at Sergio Aguero, and of course, Lionel Messi. And it's a case of, similar to England in previous tournaments, it's just one of them ones where it just doesn't click for them. Now, I personally think it's a combination of overhype, but also the fact that it's not a team. It's not a team. So you get that kind of underachievement because of that. But, and over-reliance on one player. But for me, it's a case of this World Cup has been an interesting one, just purely on the basis that a lot of the big sides just really did underachieve. Germany going out of the group stage, but that was kind of, that was more fate than anything because of the statistic about, was it, I think they're the fourth World Cup winners in a row to get eliminated at the group stage in the following World Cup after winning it. So, it's more kind of a little fun fact. But, um, it's one of them was I think a lot of sides were basically guilty, in my opinion, of complacency. And, dare I say it, arrogance. Because I think a lot, of the, a lot of the sides, you look at how many kind of 1-0s, 2-1s, I mean, France started off a little slowly, Brazil started off slowly, a number of teams didn't start impressing until after the group stage because I think of arrogance. I think a lot of the bigger sides thought they were just going to roll over the smaller sides. I mean, you got sides like... you got sides like Tunisia. you got sides like Saudi Arabia who teams... Thought, you, you would think... And Morocco, you would think that certain sides of that calibre, with all due respect to them, were going to get rolled over by bigger sides who basically have more talent. But... The smaller teams defended well. The smaller teams basically defended as units and they camped in and made it difficult for a lot of the bigger sides. So it ended up as the onus on the bigger sides to kind of break them down, which is kind of fair dues. If you know you ain't got the talent to go toe-to-toe, you find another way to go. So that would be the way I would see it. Leveled the playing field and VAR was a big help in terms of leveling the playing field for the smaller sides. Now, one one thing as well that was interesting during this World Cup is that this World Cup had so many goals from set pieces. And 
it's one of them I found that quite interesting because a lot of the set pieces, especially penalties, were given by VAR, and a lot of decisions were given because the referee saw it and decided, oh, okay, cool. After a VAR review, gave it, including the penalty in the final. So it's one of them ones where it's like the amount of set pieces was crucial to the to the overall success of a lot of sides. And I mean, England, we we profited a lot from set pieces scoring most of our goals from them. Croatia were one of the more susceptible teams because I think they conceded like what five, six goals off of set pieces all, all told. So it was it was kind of an interesting one. But another interesting thing to me was the fact that the African nations, none of them got out of the group stage for the first time in a while. And it was kind of and you kind of look at why, but then you look at what's going on in certain parts of African football at the moment with corruption at the highest level. You look at what's happening with Ghana and them having to basically dissolve, at least temporarily, their International Football Association because of corruption and referees taking bribes and that kind of thing. So you've got to think, with, all, with how big a continent it is and the array of talent that that continent has, why are they not doing better? And I think they're being held back by, the, by corruption. They're being purely held back by that because then that hinders the development of talent because people are putting, are basically putting their own gains and money over the development of the nation and the nations within Africa. Because there's talent there. There is talent there and there has been the talent there for a while. You look at Didier Drogba, Sadio Mane, the Torre brothers. Go back to the 90s with guys like George Weyer. There's talent. So it's one of them ones, but also it's a case of the remnants and the last vestiges of colonization don't help either. Look at France's squad, look at Belgium's squad, look at England's squad. There's a lot of, especially especially with France, you look at there's a lot of African talent in there. Well, talent that was born in Africa and then nationalized very quickly. So there's that as well, where the continent's been strip mined for its better talent with guys like N'Golo Kante among others so it's 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 a very interesting one but, it, but in terms of one question that was asked about VAR by Clive Tilsley during the England Croatia semi-final is VAR making does it make man marking more difficult and I'd say no it makes it more fair it makes it more fair because at the end of the day you look at guys like say Martin Skirtle who used to pull Everybody is, uh, and he got away with it a lot because obviously referees weren't penalising him and VAR wasn't about them. But now that VAR is there, ref referees have got a lot more help, and players now have to be a lot more careful. Or the simple fact is, just don't do it at all to avoid any sort of penalising because of that, because of shirt pulling and jockeying, jockeying for position and all that sort of stuff. If you don't want to be punished for it, just don't do it. Just mark the fair way. <laughs> so you ain't got to grab someone, getting them in headlocks, just to mark them. So yeah, I think I think VAR has made man marking more fair, but not more difficult. Because man marking, if you're man marking someone, you shouldn't have to grab them. If you're man marking properly, and if you're organised as well, you shouldn't have to grab people. So it's all numbers. It's been an interesting World Cup for those over and underachievers, for the big sides. From, in my view, showing a lot of arrogance, thinking that they were going to steamroll their opponents, and it just didn't happen. 
it just didn't happen. I think with certain guys, I mean, you look at Germany leaving Leroy Sane at home, it's like, well, after the season he had, you got to be pretty confident in the end, overconfident to leave someone of that calibre behind after the season he had with C. But, it's one of them ones. I want to know your views. Comment section is below. It's one of them ones, man. Of course, facebook.com forward slash pitch talk. Become a fan, become a fan, become a member of the group. Join the footballing revolution we're working so hard to create. At pitch talk on Twitter. Tweet with us, follow us, see what we're up to as well. We'd love to, hear, love to know and hear your views. So then we'll send a video reply. We'd love it. We'd love it. Comment section is below. And until next time, I've been Straight Shooting LJA. And this is another episode of the Straight Shooting View. Take it easy, babes. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and children of all ages. Hi, I'm John Sitton. Hello, I'm Rob Perez. Christian Carambeau. Welcome to your Football and Fix. Pitch Talk. Pitch Talk. Pitch Talk. We've got football videos on YouTube, blogs, debates and discussion on Facebook and Twitter. Plus we do a podcast and so much more. It's we the people for the people. For our videos, including our interviews and special features, check out youtube.com forward slash pitch talk. Our podcast can be found on iTunes, Podomatic, TuneIn Radio and Spreaker with older podcasts on mixcloud.com forward slash pitch talk. Join the football revolution because the pitch is where we eat, the pitch is where we sleep, and the pitch is where we talk. Join us on social media by searching for Pitch Talk.